Welcome everybody to the official launch of the Falling Head Over Heels in Fantasy AFL Draft Stars podcast. My name's Elliot and I'm a part of the FHOH family, joined by Wiz, Jake, Swin and Todd. You may have heard of us already as we established our foundation over the course of last year on Twitter, where we provided and continue to provide Draft Stars tips and analysis across all sports. If this is your first time being exposed to us and are interested in following us, we can be found on Twitter by entering our handle at Heels in Fantasy. So go ahead and chuck us a follow to be up to date with any of the tips and analysis we post. We also encourage you guys to comment as we're looking forward to chatting with Lightwise Fantasy Fanatics. But let's get into this because this podcast is going to have all the kit you need to be ahead of the competition. We will be discussing the ins and outs surrounding AFL Draft Stars. This week's podcast will feature all the tools and data for your listeners to start to add more success on AFL Draft Stars. Whether you're a beginner, intermediate or advanced competitor, we'll plan to provide the edge you need to start making cash. Today's podcast will include a beginner's guide to AFL Draft Stars, followed up by a deep dive on the Richmond Carlton opener, where Draft Stars have put up a whopping $150,000 prize pool, which is huge. Finally, we'll take a quick look into the weekend slates. But before I get into the thick of it, I better stop babbling on and introduce the rest of the team. What a better way to start than with our 14-time lucky Draft Star fantasy winner, Wiz, who's coming off a third place in the NBA on Monday. How are you going, Wiz? Uh, pretty good, mate, but you've just undersold me a few wins there, but we'll let that one slide. Yeah, and next we have Todd. Yeah, going all right, Elliot. Um, not quite as lucky as winner. I thought I was in for a pretty good day today on the NBA Draft Stars. Entered a single bullet, was looking good there for a moment until the OKC coach decided not to play their center for freaking <laughs> like 30 minutes of the game, but that's all right. But uh, yeah, looking forward to getting into the AFL side of things. That's where we sort of come into our own, I reckon. Of course, of course. And then we have Swin. How you going, man? Yeah, um, <clears throat> looking forward to it, mate. Uh, pretty excited for the game tomorrow. So uh, yeah, pretty keen for the pod, mate. I'm really excited. So uh, yeah, let's get into it, dude. And lastly, we have Jake over there. If he's still here with us. Yeah, nah, still got you, mate. The uh, kids haven't stolen me yet. So uh, doing well. Hope you all are too at home, so let's uh, let's crack on. Sweet. So I'll start us off. We've got um, the price projection equals value, and this is our beginner's guide to draft stars, AFL, obviously. Um, so this part is very important when considering the team you're drafting for the given slate. Um, what you want to consider is the price of the players you're selecting and what you project that player to score and how that equates to their price. This will give you their perceived value. Now, there are plenty of methods out there to roughly find a player's perceived value, and some are more accurate than others. However, here at FHOH, we found a pretty simple formula to follow. For those at home, we'll be sharing that with you now. So, from the time playing AFL Draft Stars as a collective, would you lads tend to agree you need about 800 points in total to be in the competition at the pointy end of the slate? Oh, close enough. 800, 850. Yeah. 900 will do it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Elliot, are you going to tell everyone I came up with this formula? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, courtesy of Todd, he, um, <laughs> he's watermarked this one. Um, but we went through it uh, yesterday. Um, so, this is the formula that, they, that we've thought about together as a collective. Uh, oh, not Todd. Nah, yeah, Todd had no uh, he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so definitely not so Todd. Definitely not Todd. <laughs> definitely not Todd. So um, 
going off that, we can work out the player's value with a formula that includes your total salary and the total points required to be in the mix for the winning slate. So in this case, a generous 800 points would do. So if we divide our total salary of 100K by 100, that leaves us with $1,000, right? So by dividing the 800 points by 100, we get the number 8. A special number. Super unique in terms of AFL draft stars. So with the number 8, going off this formula, 8 points is required by every $1,000 of salary for you to reach 800 points. Does that make sense? Yeah. Pretty simple. Uh, doing pretty well, Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, Elliot. Glad you studied it after I came up with it. So. Yeah. It's, awesome. I don't know if I've got it off, man, but it's, it sounds pretty good. Yeah, sounding good, sounding good. Yeah. Can we check his uh, search history on this one? Uh, no, we don't want to go into that, mate. No, Trust that's me. That's a deep, deep dive into a lemon party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, keep it PG, Wiz. Oh, Goodness geez. sake. Uh, anyway before we get into any examples we'll post this formula on our twitter later in writing so people can note down the formula because it's super special and you'll need it um because if anyone's out there that's anything like whiz they would have lost um lost me 10 seconds into this segment so um that'll be up on our twitter um i'm gonna quickly run through a couple of examples here with a low medium and high price player but from tomorrow's game so, generally for the low price player, they'll be around 6k, which would typically be a rookie. Um, they'll probably require a score of 80, uh, sorry, 48 points to break value, as 6 times 8 is 40, um, 48. So, a couple play- players tomorrow that are priced at this are, or I think, uh, Cohen, Cohen selected, uh, Holland, um, just to name a few. So we'll be discussing them later in the show more in depth and our opinion of them 6K guys. So just stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, 48 for a $6,000 guy in a salary is what you want. Um, the next example would be a medium pricer. So for this example, I'll give Bakes. He's priced at around $10,740 um, and had an ex- outstanding trial game against the Demons, if you guys saw that. Um but yeah, so we will plug that into our calculator. So 10.74 times 8 gives us 85, which will round up to 86. Um, so you make an assessment on this um, and see whether that guy fits the bill for your team selection. And then lastly, premiums. The big dogs on the slate, we all want to fit these guys into our side. Your Crips, your Doherty's, your Tarantos. Now these guys are a bit different because if players are smashing it in recent weeks, like Cripps was at a point last season, they're going to have higher break-evens and are obviously less likely to break their value. However, that's okay as long as you can get close to that and it will be made up with the cheapies. So maybe you want Cripps in your team tomorrow and you know Richmond don't run a tag and he's at 15k. We'll do 15 times 8, which is 120, which is definitely achievable for Cripps. So... um. I think as well, it's like important to point out. Obviously, the um, lower value guys are more likely to break their value. So, like a, a Holland, for example, I think he scored around seventy-five or something, just off the top of my head in his practice match. That's obviously smashes the forty-eight that he's priced at, and that'll make up for a guy like Cripps if he doesn't reach his one twenty. Yep. You still need those guys at the higher price points because they're going to naturally score a higher score. And you've got to hope that your sort of value picks 
come up underneath that and sort of even it out at the end of the day. So your sort of value picks are probably the most important on the slate. Obviously, you've got to get those premium guys right as well. And if a guy like Cripps does exceed that 120, it's like an absolute bonus. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And that, that that's that's well summed up there. Um, does anyone else have anything else to add on that on that topic before we uh, move on to uh, the point of differences? Or I reckon you crushed that pretty well, mate. All right. Um, yeah, so... Um... <laughs> There are a couple of methods in determining um, players' value, and many other competitors have their own formulas. However, there's no gospel. Just um, You don't have to strictly follow any of these guidelines. Um, it just gives you a more accurate representation of what players' perceived value is. And what like that players record to, require to score to win the slate in, in, some, in some ways. So, um, yeah. So, I'll continue with um, finishing my part up. Just uh, quickly touching on the um, other factors and influences, whether a player should be picked in your team, and that's the uh, field ownership percentage. So picking a player who's a good point of difference on the slate could be uh, one of the factors which contribute to uh, having an edge on the field and running away with the top prize, which we all want. Um, In many occasions, I've ran, I don't know about you guys, but I've ran teams which are pretty generic, which end up high on the leaderboard. However, the guys who win have the uh, left of field selections at 1% to 15%. And they're above me. Um, it's always that you know, AK guy. That one guy who just goes ballistic and just ruins your day. Yeah, just like a Hibbert or something like that. Yeah, something <laughs> just stupid. Like... Something that no one can account for. Like Liam yeah, Jones yeah. scoring 88 last week. 11, yeah. 11 marks. Who does that? Yeah. Yeah, well, not. I was going to say not him, but he ended up doing it, didn't he? Yeah, well, that's um, it. <laughs> not winner either. Yeah, yeah definitely not winner. Man, he peaked in fucking year 10. Um, that year 10 was a massive year for Winrail, I'll tell you that much. He uh, dominated crazy Yeah, we, we've, we've, we've heard about that enough. Um, but, uh, yeah, so if you can take a punt on a couple of these unpopular picks and slot them into your template of calculated plays, it's definitely a way into selecting the optimal lineup for the slate. However, in tomorrow's game, it's a bit different because it's a single slate, meaning it's just one game. So, um, yeah, smaller smaller pool of players to pick from. Uh, it makes it significantly harder to gain differential from the field. But um, applying the knowledge shared by us today would definitely help in selecting the hidden gems, which aren't so obvious. So, Wiz, would you like to share with the listeners about all the data out there which can help competitors pick their teams for each slate? Oh, absolutely, my brother. Um, I was just having a look, like... Um... It probably says a lot about my competitive spirit, but you said 14 wins at the start, and I've just checked the daily fantasy rankings. I, I don't, I didn't have to, I didn't want to have to do this, but I've actually got 19 wins. So yeah, well there you um, go. Can you, can you check my stats window, or am I not recording? Um, you're actually not in the top 35. Big fat donut. So. <laughs> it's, probably not, it's probably not the same page. <laughs> I don't know if there's a hundred pages later, but we'll uh, we'll have a look into it. I thought I was about to. Uh, Enter the rankings today for a moment there, and then we all just went downhill. Yeah. Top, and then you picked the center the top going to blow up. You picked the OKC center, mate. You're just not lucky enough, Todd. You go get that luck on your side, like that. Right. You're going to get 19 times lucky. I was just thinking then, as we we're talking about data, it's one of it's one of my popular popular sort of draft, uh, I guess, methods. It's an ownership method, and it kind of correlates the data. It kind of correlates to every sort of segment on this field, but. 
I call it the ex-girlfriend method. Yeah, right. <laughs> you've got a lot. You've got a lot of those, mate. So uh, I've got a lot of those. Get this will go real well with your track record, so, mate. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm really excited for this. I one. think I'd be. In a, they might be listening, mate. I, I certainly <laughs> hope so. You, you'd see how big uh, how big this platform's become. What we've they want, created. They want nothing to do with him, mate. Uh, so I'll tell you why it's the ex-girlfriend method, and there there is a method to my madness. Um, so the ex-girlfriend method. You come into these slates. And we all see him. We see the guy that we love. We're like, he's beautiful. He's got the right price. He's got all the talent. He's got all the numbers. And we want to run with it. And we go in and he shits the bed. He breaks your heart. It's like you walked in on him, hooking up with your missus on the night nightclub dance floor, you know? Your ex-girlfriend. Think about it. Yeah, so you leave her. But then you're thinking about all the good times you've had with him. And you go, how do I go back to that? How do I go back to someone that hurt me like that? This is why it's called the ex-girlfriend method. Because everyone that picked that guy is heartbroken right now. That 60% selection last week, he's probably going to get a price drop. People are going to go, nah, stuff him. He broke my heart. But you're that dumb fool that's still in love. And you're thinking about the good times. Be that dumbass. Seriously, fall in love with that guy. <laughs> it's a great method. It, You'd be surprised how long, how, how often it works because you scare him out of ownership. You get the high, you get a lower price, and then you get him back, and you think, "Fuck, this was as good as the first six months." I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, she'll she'll break your heart again, though. And exactly, exa- and that's a very important point. And that leads me to my next question: uh, What you probably don't know about the boys, um, everyone but me is, uh, you know, I guess what I'd call a happy, successful relationship. Would that be fair? Would that be yeah. fair? <laughs> would that be fair to say, boys? Everyone but Wiz, happily dating, happily married. Yeah, you got good judgment there, mate. So I've got a little. I'm glad you've been paying. I'm glad yeah. you've been paying attention. Adequate. I've got a little, little curveball question for you, boys. It's a little bit off center, but I just, I just want to ask you, what's a good relationship look like? What are the key foundations? Romantically. Um, this is an AFL draft star podcast, <laughs> mate. I think, I, think, I, think, I think one when you fall head over heels for him, mate. There, there you go. And this this <laughs> leads me back to my point. It's a great question, but the boys don't want to answer because they probably don't know. The relationship's not that good. But I'll tell you, <laughs> despite the unsuccessful relationships, this man knows his stuff. So I'm going to tell you something. Love, <laughs> trust, hard work. Yeah? you got to put... you got to put... Sex. Yeah, that kind of doesn't fit into my method of my madness. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you why. This is why data is important. It's like a good relationship. You want to love them. You want to trust them, but it takes hard work. You got to put that hard work in. Otherwise, you're just going to be disappointed. If you're that guy going out cheating on your girlfriend every weekend, you're not going to get the results. It's the same with data. So you got to look at the points. You got to look at the good stuff. So we look at points against. Big, big in fantasy, isn't it, lads? We know the points against. You're not going to go pound some backline that doesn't give up points. You know that they don't. They push up. They press high. They cause a lot of pressure. You're not going to get those cheap plus sixes. That's what we want. Yeah, makes sense. So you got to fall in love with the data. It's it. It is like a good relationship. Yeah, we go to CBAs. <laughs> same thing. If you're not paying attention, you're not putting that work ethic into the relationship. What are you going to get? You're going to miss the fact that Taranto and Jacob Hopper are now here in Richmond and you look at the old CBAs and you think, oh, 
Yeah, no worries, mate. We might see a bit of Trent Cotchin today. Trent Cotchin might be sitting on the bench for all we know. I, 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 what do you reckon, Ellie? He's probably sitting at half forward or something this this week. <laughs> yeah, he'll be he'll be playing um he'll be playing quite a bit up forward. I'd say he will, he will be getting a run through the middle. Do you reckon he's do you reckon he's washed, Elliot? Well, you know, he's getting he's getting a bit on, but he's got three premierships, so I'm sure the old boy's doing all right. So we'll move on to correlation. This is one of my favourite ones, and it's really like good data tools out there. I don't know, Jake, you might have some more insight, but I'm not sure if you've uh, uh, bounced around Mr. Magic there, um, your favourite guy. I don't know if it. I don't know if he's pumping a correlation tool, but uh, I know the daily fantasy rankings one's a little bit off. It's been off for a couple of years, but correlation is huge, especially in AFL. Maybe, I mean, you can get away with it on the big slates. You get the four four games. You might get a five-game weekend. Those are beauties, and you can get away with it. You don't have to go so much in the correlation. But really, honestly, AFL draft does is everything, man. You look at the way Carlton accumulate stats, um, they love to overpossess it. They're a bit like the 2010 Magpies, you know. They they like that overpossession, which leads to fantasy points. You know, uh, Elliot can probably vouch for this. Richmond probably not as much, uh, but that might change with the inception of Taranto and Jacob Hopper. But if you just if you if you want to simplify it without the data tool, just I suggest you get up the last two games that you've seen these two teams play, and just see where it bounces. I know there's a couple on the top of my head. As I think about it, um, I think it was Matt Kennedy, Matt Kennedy and Patrick Cripps. They both had Cripper. Let me have a look here, boys. I hate yeah, to do Cripper's, um, Cripper's definitely scored a ton against us. Eight of the last twelve meetings, I believe. Yeah, and he yeah, loves he the loves G the as jigs. well. I reckon. Yeah, because yeah. I reckon it's a bit of Cripper. And the jigs Cripper. love to give up to mids. Kennedy and Cripper. There's, there's a. That's probably the anti-correlation as I look at it because Kennedy had the 122 top scorer. Cripper had 112, but then you come to Cripper, 106, and then Kennedy, 70. But you get the more likes of, say, like a Saad and a Doherty where Saad's oh, had the 101. I mean, they're both down back. They're both link-up players, and Doherty's had the 95. Probably not a huge return at Doherty's price. But then you look at Doherty, the next round 14, 129, and Sard's there with 91. You probably take Sard at his price for 91. That's a great result, but that's a correlation right there. And that's the sort of stuff you've got to look at. Not so as important for me, but if you're going to look at, I guess, the worst of teams that get pumped, the kangaroos, things like that, um, especially the kangaroos, but the kick-ins. <laughs> give, us, give us a break. You get, do you want me to give you an example of bad correlation? Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> you and the booze, brother. You and the booze. <laughs> and that's that's actually, oh. there has been no better tagger on this universe than me and the Friday night beers before a Saturday slate. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave Jake. Jake's got a good story for later in the podcast about a, a, a very uh, embarrassing slate for me. But my last one, stats accumulated versus given up. Really important. Especially if you get a game like tomorrow where there's no huge giveaway at the backs or the centers or the forwards. Uh, the rucks are probably a bit of a different story. Um, but in those sorts of games, you want to look at the stats accumulated. Uh, that'll really show you what sort of game script you want to run with. But data-wise, like I said, boys, ladies and gentlemen, fall in love with it. Make it a good relationship. Get the trust. Put the hard work in. 
Don't expect to be on the piss every night and expect to have a good result. You you want to put the love and the trust in, fall in love with it, um, and definitely don't forget the ex-girlfriend method because that's probably the most powerful thing you'll ever get on the slope. All right. Oh, gee, Cheers for that, Wiz. Um, just a quick one. Um, do you have anything to say or any input around CBAs and the roles uh, players play in teams so you know what their potential output may be? Um, yeah, do you mind having a little bit of a spiel on that? Or well, what? I mean, it's, it goes without saying. If you're new to draft stars, it's probably not that obvious, but if you've ever played footy in your life, you know the boys getting all the touches of the midfielders. I mean, uh, Todd could probably vouch for that. He had a little shot at me before when I was in the guts, mate. It was about 45 a game. That's probably <laughs> good for at least 170. How long ago was that? Just winner of forever living in 2010. Um, and 2010 was a great year. The Pies won the flag. Everything was good. We enjoyed that. Nah. But yeah, the CBAs, without saying the midfielders, you want to get to them. If you can get someone like, I know Ollie Hollands, Ollie Holland, what are we calling him, Ollie Hollands? He's on the wing tomorrow, apparently. Um, yeah, he looks like a um, a pretty good selection there at 6K, I would have, I would have thought. Will he yeah. stay on the wing? Who knows? He might float forward a bit. Um, you know what these 6K players so, are like. So for you listeners at home, maybe um, see how he goes tomorrow, and then you can you know look into week two or round two um, and be selected. I'm going to stack um, the shit out of that guy, and don't worry about <laughs> it. I'm happy to burn $300 on that. Head, man. I promise you that. <laughs> good answer, we know that. We know that. <laughs> yeah, we got to listen yeah. to you whinging after you lose that three hundred dollars, though. <laughs> yeah, you, you, the listeners won't though, so that's the main thing. And don't worry, I'll, I'll edit this part out if that goes wrong. <laughs> Alrighty, so um, thanks for that, Declan. Wiz. Um, so that's um, that's a bit about um, you know, correlation and CBAs and roles that players play in, in their teams. Um, fall in love with it, treat it like an ex. And yeah, so um, another important element when selecting a team um, is the aspect of stacking. So, um, Swin, would you care to touch on yeah, that for us? no worries, mate. Um, <clears throat> so, obviously, when we're uh, talking about stacking, uh, usually comes into play, obviously, on single-game slates, but it, I like stacking on, like, multiple games. So, you know, you've got your Saturdays and Sundays where you've got a fair few games, a fair few games on. And this is mainly around when you look at one game... And you can really target a few of those players that are playing in that game that you reckon are going to score big. So I'm not going to use an example from the first round, but I thought of an example the other day. So, you know, let's just say Geelong are playing North Melbourne. Now, bar Todd, I reckon most football fans will be thinking that Geelong would probably win. And most likely, due to the stats from last year, win by a heavy margin. Would we all be in in agreement with that? I don't know, man. They just got Clarko and he looks... um... Uh, pretty senile, so um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, very cool. That'll be hard to hard to top, really. <laughs> very cool. Anyway, but as I'm just about to mention, yeah, we are aware of upsets. So obviously, you know, if you think the game's going to go a certain way and you're pretty happy with it, obviously just stick with what you reckon. But um, for me personally, I'd be edging towards Geelong in that game. Obviously, dominating around the ground and obviously kicking a lot of goals. And I did a bit of um, research into last year's game. Uh, I know, obviously, yeah, we've got Clarko in there now, so all could uh, go tits up, really. But, you know, Geelong last year, uh, they beat North by 60 points in round six and 112 in round 16 last year. So whenever those two are to match up again, if they are to follow suit and you know, obviously not have the, uh, the greatest of year, um, I'd be back in Geelong. Now, in regards to disposals, um, I was looking into that, yet. Yeah, 
Disposals last year, Geelong actually averaged 374 a game, where North sat 16th and averaged 334. And um, when it comes to obviously the goal kicking, obviously Geelong actually, uh, I think they were on top last year, averaging 14 goals a game, whereas North actually sat bottom of the ladder and they were averaging eight. <laughs> where they belong. It's because they can't get the Yeah, field, well, that's, it. that's also a bit of a factor. So. And obviously, on top of that, you know, the last two games they played, obviously, very high scoring for Geelong. So, I know sometimes he's not the best fantasy player, but obviously, they've got Tom Hawkins, who obviously won the Coleman last year, and uh, Jeremy Cameron, who came second. Now, out of those two forwards, boys, who, if you had to pick, who are you picking in your, in your, in your slate? Uh, not Tom Hawkins, because he's on the bench. <laughs> he's fucking yeah. injured. <laughs> I'd definitely take yeah, Jeremy Cameron saw... against Hawkins. Ah, uh, I'd say... Haw- Hawkins is injured, well, mate. That's, well, I'm just on about hypotheticals <laughs> anyway. And yeah, fairness, Swinney, I think that's a great question. Who would you take? The, the guy that gets up the field taking the marks, or would you take the big fucking ogre who we love? And Well, that's the thing. That's that... why I was sort of like edging towards Cameron, because I know he gets up the ground more, and might get a few cheeky handballs, and obviously he yeah, gets a few kicks. But in regards mm. to what I'm saying, so... When it comes to obviously stacking, you can put, you know, max five players out the nine in your, in your uh, slate. Now, if you're looking at this game, and obviously it does actually come to fruition, this is what's going to happen. Um, you've probably got about, well, I'd say, seven or eight players out of that Geelong team that you're probably going to want to stack in different combinations. So, I've just read, read off a few players. Obviously, you've got defenders like Tom Stewart. I actually chose Zach Tui as well. I actually wasn't too, um, I was actually pretty happy with what he did last year. And then if you're looking around the ground where you reckon, Probably Geelong are going to dominate. You know, you've got your Guthries, you've got your Dangerfields, you've got your Mitch Duncans. And then, you know, if it's due to be a high-scoring game, you've got your Hawkins and Camerons and maybe a few more of the, um, of the smaller forwards. But those are the guys that I've outlined. Uh, so it's it all bases around just, you know, picking out those five or so players, maybe six or seven that you like, that you know are going to score high. And this is just based off your own opinion. So, you know, it could all go tits up and, you know, North could end up winning. But for me personally, I'll be picking those five or six players and I'll just be trying to rotate them. So, you know, so you'd obviously pick a fair bit of, you know, you might pick a fair bit of Guthrie, mixed with Duncan, and then obviously ranging that with Cameron as such. But the idea of it all is just getting as many combinations as you can and just however many teams you want to put in, just constantly rotating those players because you want to try and cover all bases. So, for me personally, you know, I would definitely be taking a lot of Cameron, obviously, because Hawkins is injured. Uh, newsflash. Um, and, you know, I'd obviously be taking a fair bit of Guthrie and probably Dangerfield as well. So, boys, do you have anything to add to that from what I've been saying? Or I think it's just important as well to, like, understand that stacking is, like, sort of targeted at um, people who enter a lot yeah, of teams. Yeah, definitely a lot of teams, yeah. It's hard to cover like all bases when you're only entering a few, but certainly if you're entering a lot. Well, what defines a lot, of... Todd? Just for our listeners, because well, it's the first episode. Would I'll you get say what? A bit. Six plus I'll... teams? Nah, more than that. Nah, nah, way more than that. Plus. It's sort of, yeah, even more than that. But I'll get into that a bit later. But certainly, um, you've hit the nail on the head there with sort of picking out the guys, but then you can also fit in the other guys from Geelong as well into those teams because you're going to have to get a few cheapies. All the guys you name there are obviously going to be up there yeah. in price. You're probably not going to be able to fit them all in. So you there need your Tanner like, Yeah, I know Tanner Bruin's going. There's Torquay. He's going to go through the maybe midfield Max, this year. Maybe a bit of Holmes, would you say? Yeah, well, Holmes, I think Holmes is injured at the moment, but he's another one that, yeah, if, if he's priced well, they're the kind of guys you want to sort of target Attack. to like... 
be able to fit them all in for a start. But certainly, in a, if North were playing Geelong, and I'm a North man and it pains me to say this, but if they were playing Geelong in a main slate, you'd probably have 40 to 50% of your teams of like Geelong stacks because they're going to dominate the game. They're going to be the highest scorers. It's pretty safe picking as well. You're not going to get many players if you're picking the right players with the right value that aren't going to reach that. So that's and probably that, the only thing I'd add. And that um, that stacking that Swin just went through goes hand in hand with the um, correlations that Wiz was talking about. So that that's that's good. So yeah, going with your gut and what you believe is the outcome is very important when considering stacking and then kind of, you know, looking back to the correlation of the players involved, um, which also integrates game day considerations. So, Jake, would you like to talk about that? Yeah, definitely, mate. There's, um, with the game day, you know, like, there's all that hype, all that excitement in the morning when you're sitting there with your coffee, or if you're a winner of your beer, still going from the Friday night before. As my daughter uh, wipes vomit off my shirt and start telling me she loves <laughs> Father of the year, mate. She loves me anyway. Oh, gotta love it. But look, there's so many things on game day that you get excited about, but there's a lot of things to consider that can really make or break your whole day. And a lot of them seem obvious, but people just seem to forget about them and people get the jump on it. So like something as simple as the weather, you know, like the weather can play such a massive factor in in your selecting a lineup. Because as Swin was talking about just then, you know, stacking a team, if you've got a team like, geez, I don't know, Fremantle who've got, Real in-type midfielders like Sarong, O'Meara, Brody, who are just so good at extracting the footy. And you've got Sean Darcy, who's a brilliant tap ruckman. You're going to stack the life out of them on a wet day. Because you know there's going to be bulk centre, centre bounces, there's going to be bulk clearances. Tackles. So much to work with, with the tackles. You know, like just hit out to everything. There's so much to love about that. But people just seem to forget about it. And you can get a real good jump on the competition if you... um if you can sort of assess that. Sunny day at the G, on the other hand, you know, you've got your marking players, your hit-up players on the wing, you know, your Sicilies, your Dawsons, your Tom Stewarts, your Ed Langdons, your Lockie Hunters, who just, they're so good at finding that open space or intercepting that shit kick in from a terrible team like the Kangaroos. And, um, <laughs> you know, or the Crows, let's be real, I'm going to cop it all throughout the year. Crows are terrible as well. Here, Dawson's not. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be a recurring. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be real funny when we start winning games, boys. When? What in 2027? Yeah, yeah, but those sort of players, those blokes who got the chance for the plus six, that plus six is huge. The cheap little kick out the back, you know, the Nick Dacos special, as Deck would say, he loves a little cheapy, doesn't he? Oh, mate, does he ever? And it doesn't look good when he gets those hands on it. Fucking hell. As you're probably going to hear multiple times throughout the podcast over the year, Nick Dacos is uh, a firm favourite of the Wiz. They uh, they reckon our uh, Saints, on a side note there, they reckon the Saints have uh, put down a little $2 million offer there on Triple M. Um, way to blow up your roster, buddy, because uh, that would be the most St. Kilda <laughs> thing ever, to pace one player $2 million while we go and get three superstars at 700 k But anyway. You'd still cry if you left. There would be tears flowing. I would burn down what uh, the MCG and every big stadium in Melbourne if Nick Dacos left us. Especially, you know it's on my wall, don't you? You've seen the sign, yeah. Jersey. 
he said a lot. I'm, I'm glad that's on record for the whole world to, world to hear, Deck. But um, yeah, so if anyone, if that does happen, there's <laughs> suspect one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> suspect. That's it. But like in saying that, like we were saying with the wet weather boys, like you're not obviously not going to pick those Dawson's Langdon Sicilies if it's absolutely pissing it. You know, those blokes need, they, they they need those five marks a game to really be relevant, to push their scores up to that level that you need. So the weather, something as simple as that can be massive. Like, it's just it can just completely change a slate because if you just seriously just go on the bomb, the Bureau, Bureau of Meteorology in the morning, so many people wouldn't even consider doing that. Jeez, that was a mouthful. Yeah, and like you're saying, Jake, it's easy to forget. That's the worst part. Like, that comes back to the data I was talking about and falling in love with it. Like, the weather is just massive, like, and it's so easy to let go, like, because it's just the great equaliser, you know? All of a sudden, the doggies who were given up 72 points per back last year, you know, that, that, that just clearly highlights they get back. But if it's pissing down, you know, they're not at Eddie Hat. It's just completely different, you know. Those backs probably aren't racking up for 10 tackles a game. There's no way that's happening, you know. Nah. It goes right back into the core of it. And you, it's just a great point you've made there on the weather. That's it, mate. And, like, moving on slightly, um, the tag is... Yeah. Like, it, it, it has to be said. Like, it's not a big tag-heavy game at the moment. There's those obvious ones like Finn McGuinness in a, in a fucking practice match. Just made, just he was just Nick Dacos's daddy yeah. that day. Yeah, that's it. He was very, Dacos was very uh, frustrated that game. He shoved McGuinness down uh, after the, you know, behind play and whatnot. So he seems to be one of the more relevant taggers in the comp at the moment. So Hawthorne, Hawthorne really like to run and Hawthorne, that tag, so. Hawthorne aren't going to win many games. They're going to want to shut them down as much as possible. So that's just a possible flag on Hawthorne games. Like last year, they gave up an absolute stack in the guts. And I, I predict it'll be the same this year. But with Finn McGuinness, you just got to watch out because like let's, let's he can just ruin your day, man. Like it's happened to all of I know for a fact it's happened to every single one of the people on this podcast. But Look, if you think there's a tagger, you'll probably get some, like like Decker said, fall in love with the data, work out who's tagging, work out who's not. The um the DFS boys, they, they got all the tagging stuff up there. They're far, sorry. And you can see this sort of stuff, but it's you can sort of extrapolate the data from who they're going to tag. So something as simple as looking at the Western Bulldogs, like you look at it and you go, right, who's the most damaging player? You go, right, well, that's Bond. And if they come up against Hawthorne, like Finn McGuinness, he's a big boy. He's only young, but he's got a decent size rig on him. So you since go. We're talking, since we're talking about Finn McGuinness as well, I think it, I saw somewhere today that someone did their like, this is moving over to like AFL Classic, but it's relevant for this as well if you're playing the Saturday slate. Mm. I'm pretty sure someone said today that Zach Merritt was their third most preferable captain, and they're playing Hawthorne this week. Mm. I would be absolutely, absolutely yeah. steering what? clear of Zach Merritt this week. Like, oh, dude, just... he's going to absolutely eat them alive. I definitely agree on that front. Like, I definitely wouldn't even risk it on Zach Merritt. But what I no. what I would understand about Finn McGuinness is he does have that habit to go to, like, a half-backer. Because it keeps him safe up forward. You don't have to give up the midfielder. But like Todd said, man, it's Zach Merritt. It's Zach Merritt. Like, why would... Why would when there's that many good players on the board, why risk Finn McGinnis going to Zach Merritt? You know, like, he shouldn't be a top three. Or like, I 
I w- no one's going to be shocked if when he goes and stands next to Zach Merritt. I mean, he might not be there at the centre bounce, but the minute that ball goes up, you might have him hugging on to you, you know? And the thing oh, about that's, it, mate. that's important about the tagger, which, I mean, you've touched on a bit, Jake, but um, they never, like, they're elite AFL players. Like, they don't go, oh, I'm going to go find Jordan Dugowie. I'm going to go find Cam Guthrie. I've got to get the ball to that guy. They go, that guy's open. You know, they play the elite standard. If Nick Dacos has Finn McGuinness on his ass, what's it, what, what are the Collingwood boys going to do? All right, they go straight to Pendles. That's off, yeah. Now we got Pendles running off the halfback. We'll just give it to him. You know, it's it's not. I'm going to force it to Nick Dacos because it has to be there. Same with Zach Murray. You got the Darcy Parish, and that's the thing. And, yeah, and he and Dacos did run forward. He went mid. He went back. He ran all over the ground trying to shake mm. that tag, but he just couldn't seem to do it. So um, that's it. And yeah, you know, and in this yeah. situation when you, you do have a tag, you got to look at the look at it like I was saying, an extrapolate. You go right. Bont, he's going to get tagged. So you that's when you go back to the, and you go and you stack the life out of someone like Bailey Smith and McRae. You know, because people will still take Bont because he's a fucking superstar. But if you can see that, the tag's going to go there where some people might not, you can get a massive jump there. You know, Bont might pump out a 75, 80 at, at a minimum on a tag. But you get Bailey Smith with absolutely no accountability running right. He's a 150 yeah. guy, you know? A hundred percent, Jake. But I've had times in previous years where, let's say, um, a, you know, premium tag is going against the doggies and I'm like, okay, well, Bont is the most damaging player. I'm going to assume he's going to Bont. And they've ended up going to McRae or Great Smith. Point. Yeah, that happened Great in the last point. round, and, didn't it? And, and, and it happens, man, because... It's not all, you know, it's not all, like, straight up. Um, teams tend to tag different players. It's not... Mm-hmm. Like, we can fall in love with the data and you can look at recent his game history and you can try and go by that. But at the end of the day, we have no idea what the coaches are planning. And, it, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm 100% agree with the data and all the points that we put out today. But all I'm saying is you've got you've to be careful and you've got to be wary that you're... It might not be Bond. It it's no guarantee, right. no matter so what you do. It's no guarantee. That's what we do. We gamble. We gamble. That's 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 what this you've is. Got, you've, got to, you've got to take a punt on it, really, don't you, at the end of the day? You've... Well, the safest thing to do is like play the percentages, and if you're playing enough teams, still cover off those guys that yes. might, might be most likely to get the tag. If you're playing enough teams... Put him in yep. a couple. Stacking. That's why stacking comes into it, boys. This is, yeah, that, that's a thing. And what we've touched on is all very important looking from a game day perspective and staying up to date with the news surrounding the game. But, um, yeah, speaking about lineups and stacking and small and big entries, Todd, would you care to run through the differences between entering a small number of lineups versus a large number of lineups and the pros and cons surrounding that as well as the uh, multi-game versus single-game slate entries? Yeah, so we've sort of touched on this already, but there's obviously a lot of pros and cons for both. Obviously, the biggest one is the money that it costs. So I think I saw tomorrow night in the 150k slate, you can enter up to 250 teams, which That's is yeah, wow. $3,750 $3, to do that, Jeez. which I will not be doing. But Winner? That's a obviously... <laughs> no comment. Rinder no Mara. comment. Oh, you'll see his name. You'll see his name in the in the, uh, in the lineups. We, we laugh about it, boys, but there are people out there that are going to do that, and you'll see you'll see one of them with 
20 teams in the top 30 probably and that's what makes it so difficult for the people that are playing less entries it's obviously you can't cover as many bases but the flip side of that is you don't incur the massive losses and if you get it right you can make some cash somewhere but obviously the the slates are so top heavy so you want to finish in that top 10 at some point to sort of get your bankroll up so you can enter more teams but um Sort of the pros and cons of it, if, if you are going to play those big entries, and I would advise if you're a beginner or whatever, don't do it on the $15 slate. They have a micro slate. You can enter up to 150 teams. That's 100 bucks to outlay to try and get this right. And you can do it every single week pretty much because you're going to earn some of that money back regardless. But if you're going to do that, focusing on what Swinney's already talked about, you've got to get your stacks right. So... That'll help you cover all bases. And one of the key points of this, and I'm going to have to uh, give a old website a shout out here in Draft Studs because I've completely ripped this term. But one of the big things that I took away from them was building blocks. Find your guys that you've picked out that are good value, that you really like them to break that break-even score that Elliot touched on. And build your teams around those guys. The, I think the sweet spot's probably like 70 to 80% of your teams. If you've got those guys in them, you've really got a good chance of nailing those other six guys within 150 teams. So that's probably my biggest tip on that. But if you're doing just a few entries, it's all about still getting those value picks right. But you've also got to find the low ownership guys that are going to perform well to separate yourself because the guys that are entering big entries, they're going to have those low ownership guys in a few of their teams. It's just the nature of it. They're entering so many, they'll have all their ownership covered and it just makes yeah big difference if you can get that right. And I just wanted to touch on the tool that's out there. If you are going to go down the path of entering a lot of entries and ultimately in draft stars, this is the way that the, sort of, I guess I'd call them professional players, make a lot of money. They use a thing called a cruncher and it's free on Draft Stars. It's called Fantasy Insider. You can find it in the toolbar on the left. Basically, I've used it before to enter micro slates and it's it's a free tool. It's pretty clunky. There's actually another one that they've released called the Solver, which is $40 a month, which I would not be paying for, but it's... um. <laughs> It does look a lot better than the one that's freely available, but there's some really great tools within it. Like the first thing you do when you get on it is you got to enter your projections, which obviously takes time. It's it's not an easy thing to do. There is data out there to get projections already done for you, but if you're trying to win the slate, you don't want to be doing what everyone else is doing. You want to make your own projections, work out where you think players will score, enter those into the cruncher, and then there's so many other tools. You can adjust your ownership. You can you can do stacking so you can crunch teams. It'll literally spit out a heap of teams onto a page and you can crunch it with five or six players from the same team. If you just put that setting on, it'll ensure when you crunch those teams that there's five or six players from those teams, yep. which, yeah, which once you tool. do it a few times, like your teams stay there and you change the settings and crunch again, it spits out a whole new selection of teams. By the time you've done 150, your ownerships will come up on the side and you'll see that 
basically it's probably if you've done your projections right it'll spit out basically what you've what you've projected and at the end of the day if it goes wrong that's on you because you've put in those projections and i yeah i did it last year with a mate of mine and um one week we completely bombed it was only in the micro so we only lost like 80 bucks i think we got like 20 percent of our teams in the money or something but he was sort of a bit he sort of pushed back saying the crunch is no good and i i saw the actual light that we picked some players that we thought were going to do well that completely bombed out so it's ultimately like this stuff takes time like there's a reason getting top prize in the main slate is worth like 13 or 14 grand tomorrow night like it's hard work you got to put in the can time I, you got to can i interject on the cruncher just quickly yeah 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 i um as someone that's got 19 first place finishes i i'm anti the cruncher under the assumption uh only uh, and only based on this be most people don't have the time to do this I when I put my teams in I have a spreadsheet and I'll tick off a player's name depending on how many times I put them in and the only reason I criticize the cruncher is because for me um, I'm not an expert user of the cruncher and that's the biggest issue and when you use the cruncher what you'll probably notice if you're like a first time user by all means don't ever use your cruncher for the first time and go on the $15 slate Todd's already mentioned that don't be silly um, I've had more success I play more aggressive so the crunch is not for me, yeah? So if you want to cover more bases, like Todd said, crunch is great for you. But I play aggressive. So I like, I like to play, say, like like, like I said, like I made a joke about, I'm going to waste $300 on Ollie Hollands. So that's probably going to be the 20 teams I put in and Ollie Hollands is going to be in them. The crunch is not good for you then because you want to cover some bases. But the cruncher, what the crunch will give you, will give you some insight into what works. So like Todd's saying, if you do the projections right... You put the time in, and I reckon would I be right in saying that uh, Todd, that mate, would be someone I knew. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent it is. And he, but, and, and he, and my only, yeah, my only counter to you is deck. Like, mm. I understand what you're saying, but the cruncher is probably more designed for people who are entering like literally the maximum or like close to like 110 if there's a lay if there's a layout on a sad day and you want to enter 150 mm. teams the reality is you're not going to be able to do it by hand yeah in 40 minutes time so you're going to have to learn <laughs> to use this tool mm. and i know what you're saying you want to i like the time to- i like the time i like to i like to sit yeah, there and do it 100 percent. and if you're only playing a few teams like it's like if you're playing up to 20 like you you can definitely and it works it, and it, it does work like for me like i like to sit there with my correlation i don't like to overload things but the thing about correlation like before when i was going through patty cripps and matt kennedy there's the game where round one they have a great correlation the next game they don't so if you miss that and you get the cruncher going and the cruncher hits the crunch is not going to be in depth on the correlation which is the only knock on a, of me for really especially because I like to play it aggressively. But like Todd was saying, it is it is a very good tool. If you use it right, you put the time into it, it's just not a method that I'm overly keen on, you know. And to be um, honest, I reckon I could turn you around on it because I have I was the same. Like, I thought it was just a mess. Like, it is a clunky tool. The one on draft stars is 
pretty rubbish. I think that's why it's free and they've introduced this other one. But you can actually lock players in to your crunch. So if you've got a correlation that you like, mm. say it's Doherty and Saad, for example, that you touched on before, you can lock them into your team and then say crunch 10 teams that spits a heap of other guys out into those and those two stay there. So you can still do what you're saying you do by hand on the cruncher. Mm. But I understand there's, yeah, there's so many different elements to yeah. it. Like if you put a And it'll miss the game script for me. That's the thing. Like if I'm like, all right, tomorrow Richmond are just going to blow them out the fucking water. Uh, stats, there's no leeways. Maybe I'm going to stack a couple of blues backs, but I want some Richmond forwards. It might chuck a uh, come forward. It doesn't mean it's not going to win. Like uh, we've seen it happen, like, if we saw my Frio saying, uh, the Frio Richmond draw, was it? The, who drew last year when I won that slate? Um, but I had Shy Bolton at, I think, 10.5K up forward, and he pissed out a 60, which I usually rip my hair out about and not realize. But honestly, I opened my phone. I couldn't believe it. I was first. But that's this is this is the thing. Like, the, the cruncher will allow for that. Like, that's where it's, a, for, for me, it's a beneficial thing. And, I probably don't have the time. Um, I've just got my set ways, and that's the that's the thing. Like, if you want to put the time of the crunch, like Todd said, it works. Like he's he's made it work. He's won people over with it. Um, enjoy it, you know. Like whatever yeah. method works for you, it doesn't. What works for some doesn't always work for everyone. Like the one thing I noticed about draft that works for me is like I talk to the boys. Like I wouldn't have won nineteen slates without the boys because they give you the evidence. They they tell you who they're going to pick and things like that, and you start to get an ear in. Like I can't. And that, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, sorry, and that's that's another that's another thing is like if you surround yourself with people that are playing it as well, you have these discussions, which you pick up on stuff and you learn stuff that you may not have thought about. Because as we know, there's a lot going on when, in terms of consideration when you're picking your teams, and you might you may have missed something. So, another pretty quick and easy tip is just discussing with your mates what their thoughts are on the slate and maybe you could pick up something you missed. Well, just a quick one while we're discussing that. I just forgot I missed something out there, Husey, and it actually plays into something the deck said earlier, but um, laid outs are something you've got to be super, super careful on because every single one of us has been burnt. And I think deck has been burnt worst of all with his uh, little uh, little session last year. Your mate, Timmy Taranto, who's playing tomorrow night. What you got a story for us here, Wiz? Yeah, so I'm on the piss with the boys. Um, we're having a good time. Uh, I reckon I reckon Reynolds said to me maybe 10 times, Taranto's out. And I, I know for a fact I told you at least five. And I reckon Matthews had told me at least five. So there's about 15 to 20 times I was told Taranto's out. Um, and I open up the AFL app, which I, I on Discovery worked out they don't update the laid outs. So I've pissed in about 30 fucking teams with about 15 of Taranto and 10 of Braden Proust, who was also ironically out. And I'm a big uh, Matty <laughs> Flynn fan, so that was hard for me to stomach, but I pissed away about 27 out of 30 teams. And, uh, and didn't yeah. didn't one of your teams uh, come in the top 20 that had Taranto? Oh, I think it was closer to the top 100, but uh, yeah, it was a stinger because yeah. we know what 30 to 100 points will do for you. In those so, so for people like Declan in this position, when you have a laid out, there is a swap feature on the Draftsars app. 
Jake, did you want to run us through how to access that? Or Declan, you want to run it through how to ex- access that? Well, it's actually and the what... one that taught me about that. So I reckon he's the money man. Yeah, right. So maybe Todd can run through that and just let the view, uh, the listeners know how that works. Shit, I always forget how to do it. But... <laughs> um, nah, it's, I'm pretty sure you go, yeah. My team. You click on my, you click on my teams and there's literally a button that says swap. And yeah, you find the guy, it usually has an out symbol by then. Like draft sales are usually pretty good. I reckon they've, I reckon they've missed it before and then they refunded like everyone that emailed them complaining about it because. Yeah, you couldn't um, do nothing about it. Well, you could do something about it, but you couldn't. You, I just claimed I didn't know because I hadn't checked the way to. Uh, Todd live <laughs> on radio saying radio. an absolute. <laughs> abomination of a cheat scam uh we don't condone that here we're an honest family yeah you ever want to get your money back just message drafts now um the yeah so you click swap it'll pop up and you'll find a guy with a big out symbol you click on him and it'll say you sure you want to uh swap this guy i'm pretty sure it might do that once you actually pick the guy you're swapping him for just a quick one though todd you can only swap you got to worry. Got to, there's a bit of a risk in it though, because you can only swap with someone who's equal to or less value. So it's not even if you got that two grand left in the bank after you do the slate. Or it, if you're it, me and you're the first game and you're a fucking idiot and you miss uh, it completely because you can't swap on the first game, obviously, because it's locked out. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but it, yeah, exactly. So and yeah, go on, I was just gonna say like Jake obviously made a good point there so you've got to be wary when you're actually picking your team that you pick guys that are most likely to play for a start because they're all there always is guys that are under a cloud and if you pick them you're basically already putting yourself at risk mm-hmm. of elliot yo this. yeah well he's definitely not going to play this he's week don't be afraid yeah. to take someone above him as insurance just in case he does line up and you want to swap down to him you know like play your safety um yeah you're not going to miss 300 to 300 to 400 dollars just pay up swap down you know you get your guy if you miss out you get a high a high salary guys it's, it's easy enough yeah all right, so that just wraps up the beginner's guide to the AFL Draft Stars, and now we can get into the thick of it and break down the very first slate of the year, which I'm very keen for, Richmond versus Carlton at the G, and boy, am I keen for this. So um, the game script, so let's start off with that. I think that's a good starting point. Um, some noticeable points from the team's release is, as we know, Richmond have a couple new faces in Taranto and Hopper. Um, that Richmond midfield, as well as some absentees in Gibkiss, Soldo and Tarrant. And on the other side of the park, we have Carwin, Hollands and Akers, which are in, and uh, Walsh and Williams are out. So there's some things to consider, um, as well as the weather. I've just got onto Bomb the Savo and had and the, the weather's looking quite nice, uh, mostly sunny with a 10% chance of rain, which should uh, make for a clean game. Perfect footy. Um, Perfect footy weather. So um, that's all That's all good. I'm super keen for it. Um, probably start this off by just giving a bit of a mention on um, who I think may be a good pick coming into the night and the slate. Um, so with the new additions to both the teams and on top of the injuries, there's also been a bit of um, an adjustment by both coaches in terms of field structure. So um, I pointed a spot out and it might be a super obvious spot, but I think it's a good one. 
definitely looking at his price, and that's Bakes, Liam Baker from Richmond. Um, Liam Baker looks like awfully appealing. I don't know if you guys saw, but the 36th possession game and top scoring against the D's. Yeah, he looked pretty spicy out there. With, with a score of 121, I mean, we... We got beaten, but it's just a trial game. But do you he think, looked amazing. Do you think the role's there for him, though? Like, because I've I, heard a lot of things about Jaden Short going back and Daniel Rioli. Like, how many mouths to feed have they got I back do, there? I, I do. I do believe he's going to be used off half back. And I think, well, judging from the team sheet for tomorrow night, Short is pushed out to the wing. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting Baker to really excel to another level this year if he keeps this role. And I do believe he will. Um, he's just such an asset to this t- Tigers outfit, you know, connecting off half back with the others around him, using his crafty skill set and swift movement. And yeah, I just, I just believe that, you know, he's got such high endurance as well and, um, he can run for days. So I, I, I think Liam Baker is really a really good pick for tomorrow night and he's priced at 10,740 bucks um do you guys have any thoughts or opinions on that um yeah little i reckon bakes would be a great person to get on beers with just just a (laughs) off thought i don't know why i just reckon he'd be an absolute riot (laughs) he he is a bakes bakes is definitely um a cult here at the club he's loved by everyone don't let him near Winry. oh no man winner and bakes together would be i'd ruin baker's career Baker's career might be done. Yeah, that's a that's a ten k drop. Do you know what I've just stumbled across looking at the stats though? Just interestingly enough, with Baker, uh, are we Sammy Walshless? We are, aren't we? We are. We are. We are. We are, we are, yeah. we are Sammy. So, we are Sammy Walshless. If you yeah. don't love a bit of Matty Kennedy, I know I'm a fanboy of Matty Kennedy. Everyone knows oh. I love Matty Kennedy, but he's twelve point nine k, and that is just yeah, shit. That's uh, value. Too cheap, I was saying, yeah, I was just saying that before. Yeah. I don't actually don't mind a bit of Matt Kennedy. But then again, Cripps goes off against, mm. yeah, against Richmond as well. I reckon both. I reckon both the guys at that price point in their car midfield. Hewitt Kennedy. Hewitt, great call. Great call. I was looking at it earlier in the practice match. It was like, hold on, I got a screenshot of it here. They both, there was only five guys that went through the Carlton midfield in the first practice match against Collingwood. And then I looked again at the second one. And the only other mid that I really noticed that might have went through there was Ed Kerno, and he didn't go to a centre bounce. I don't so, even know if Ed Kerno plays best twenty-two this year. To be honest, though, he's playing he's tonight, tomorrow. He's tomorrow. Yeah, I know, but like, I I think he's just a veteran in there for support. You know, like I just can't yeah. see. I I think he's oh, one bad never, game away from a drop. He's priced at ninety-five. You do not go anywhere near Ed Kerno tomorrow. Yeah, no, nah, steep clear. Kennedy and Hewitt. Hewitt had 70% CBAs against the Pies in that first uh, hit out. Mm-hmm. And Kennedy had 60%, Chera 48%, Doherty 36%, and then Cripps 84%. Yeah. So you basically got Kennedy and Hewitt priced at around about 100 Kennedy's 104 Hewitt's 103 They can both crack that. And, and oh, they, they can crush 120 And just like, to like Todd's each. point, just to Todd's point, like... like like I was saying before, this slate isn't really a slate where there's any standout points against. So if you come down to your team stats accumulated, Carlton last year, number one in disposal, 379 a game, 234 in uncontested possession, 144 in contested possession. Come down to Richmond, 341, 134 um, contested possessions. You know, there's quite the leap in there. There's about 38, 38 possessions gap. 
And well, like Richmond play exactly like Collingwood. That's how I remember it. Uh, Collingwood sort of adapted that sort of counter-attacking style, but we know what that leads to, not much fantasy. Um, and then you look at team stats conceded. You got Carlton 337 a game against Richmond 357 against. It just correlates, you know. They liked it. Richmond loved to give up possessions. Carlton loved to get possessions. Yeah. It doesn't mean that wins football that's games. It. That that that's no. It's not that simple. Well, as uh, as we're saying over the last five years, you know, Richmond have that that style where they just want to hit it forward, knock it forward, just in Amen. you know, they just want to get in that forward fifty, forward forwards doing the pressure. Knocking it in, knocking the ball on. Doesn't even have to be a disposal, man. You see Jack Rewalt just leaping up, Tom Lynch leaping up and just smacking the ball as far as they can over the head and hoping for those smalls to run on the end of it. So I will yeah. say on the back of that though, Tim Taranto, he's priced at 118. You basically you can get him as a forward as that'll go eventually, I reckon. Yeah. On draft stars Round for sure. Six, you, won't be, you won't be able to get him as a forward because he is playing predominantly midfield. And I watched the yeah. practice match he played against North. I reckon he kicked three goals from the midfield. He's yeah. priced at about 14k, I reckon, tomorrow night. Maybe a little bit more than that. Um, I believe he's at, yeah, nearly 15. Yeah, 118. I've got him yeah, out in great even, which seems that seems high, but that comes back to what I was saying before that you're high on guys don't need to necessarily score massive. They're actually, um, like, if he gets to 118, like, that's an absolute bonus. And I honestly believe he can. And I, I think I think he can. And just touching on that, what you were talking about just then, is Sam Doherty is at 17,000. Um, he, I've got him at 137. He has to score to hit that. And that's a big score. And we all know Doherty is capable of this. 36 CBAs was that was 30 36% of the time CBAs last week was that yeah, yeah someone right. saying and I, I do believe he can hit this and as going on what was Todd was saying is that he doesn't need to hit this if your value guys can pick up the slack and Doherty scores a 120 which I believe he, he will and I, I'll have plenty of teams with Doherty in and I've got him in my super coach I've got him in my AFL fantasy I've, I've got him in a lot of places and i think he's an amazing player and i think he'll do really well tomorrow night um but yeah this the guys like your hollands um and uh oh, who else you know you've got rioli in there at 6k if richmond ended up getting the win and he's kicked you know two snags and he's got you know 12 touches and a he he, he cracks value so um, just just touching on that, the, the, these premiums they don't they don't need to hit their you know break even to get you a win, but it's um it's super super good if they can. Just just on the uh, <coughs> lower price guys, Hollands we obviously touched on like Deck said he's going to slam three thousand on it was it Deck? <laughs> three hundred, three hundred, <laughs> but three thousand sounds better. You forgot a zero, mate. <laughs> yeah. Is that too many gins? Says the guy, says the guy that said fifteen hundred yeah. prize pool. <laughs> uh, Spend more yeah. than it's worth. The Hollands pick is obviously like a real good one, but I would. A lot of blokes are going to go and pick Cowan tomorrow night, and I would just danger. Yeah, I'd just be careful with that. Like he's priced at forty eight, but he had ten disposals, I think, in the practice match. And I look, was I, I was hoping he didn't get a game because I'd Chin Cotter. Yeah, slammed into my fantasy team because he looked a lot better prospect. So 
You've definitely got to have Cowan in a few just because of his price, but I would definitely go lean more on the Holland side. You get four mids, so you can cram in him into one spot. And with the Cowan thing, like a lot of people look at what he did as a junior. He was that first, he was a really good junior. I think he averaged 85 in the NAB League last year. But people look at that. He was the first option last year in that in that team. Like, he's going to be focused on one thing and one thing only. These new players who come into the competition, if they're an elite midfielder, they come in and they go, right, I'm going to get disposals. Yeah, He's a defender. They've, they've got Saad as the runner. They've got Doc as the runner. You know, they've, they've got all these different options as a runners. He's going to be focused purely on defending. That's just my personal opinion. But especially judging just from the eye test on that previous game. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Toddy. Like he's gonna like look, you can't not play him. But uh, let's it's a warning. Let's go through it. Let's have a look at the rucks. Who are we leaning to, boys? I, I like De Koning. Swin. He, um, he I know Swin's he, got some thoughts he, on De Koning. He gave away he gave away six free kicks last week in the Pracky. Um and also uh, there was another ruck uh Pitnett was rucking as well. Um so Deconing is solo ruck today. I'd assume that Savani hops in every now and then, maybe, maybe around the ground. Yeah, around the ground and stuff. But Deconing is priced at 9660 and he requires 76, I believe, to hit break even. And I, I think I, he'll I get think, that. I think he's a good I think he's a I think he's a good good selection tomorrow. It's between him or Nank. Yeah. So pick your poison. So you could put him in there for a few and then you you're gonna free up a bit more uh bit of coin as well you're gonna save a bit of money if you actually take him so if i play a few entries tomorrow night i'd probably be leaning towards about 80 percent to come yeah. 20 percent yeah. now yeah, the problem with that is the problem with that the problem with that is like nank could just monster deconing though oh, like, yeah, that's absolutely. my biggest sense. i think i'm more and it, this is probably just because i like play a bit more aggressive but i think i'm more 70 percent nank just based on the fact you got George Hewitt and you got Matt Kennedy at 12K, you got Liam Baker at 10K, you got money. You know, like just having a look at it. I've played around with a few lineups. Ollie Hollands, I know I've said I'm going to play him a lot, so that's obvious. I like Nank at the extra 2.4K. Um, yep. That being said, though, there will be lineups where I want to get some Doherty, and that's probably where I will that's lean right. towards the Koning because I will need the yep. 2.5K. Um, I got a I got a first game stud here as well. Like he's not playing his first game, but I swear he plays well on that Thursday night game every year for Carlton. Is Jack Martin? Yeah, he loves he's it. Pro- <laughs> he's priced at sixty three. Like he's the kind of guy who could bob up and kick three goals and get twenty touches. Like I would, I would lean to putting him in a fair few sides just because of. I reckon he'll be low owned as well. People yeah, just. Well, the ex-girlfriend. It's it's really hard to say, but yeah, everyone's 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 going to go Taranto definitely. Like, yeah. if you're entering a couple of yeah. teams, if you don't have Taranto in every one, yeah, you're kidding yourself. How scared are we of Dion Prestia? Oh, it's either a hamstring. What a price for a hamstring level player. Well, he's coming in with an injury. Nah, he, yeah, to, he, wasn't, he, tried, wasn't his he tried to go back on was the thing. He tried to go back yeah. on and they were just like, nah, dude, you're just a ticking time bomb. It's, his, yeah. it's not his hamstring this time, though. It's no, like a it's peck not. or something, isn't it? Yeah, it was the peck. Yeah, it was a peck, actually. Um, look, 
just touching on Prestia, I think Prestia is an amazing player for us, us Tigers here. Um, he he worked really well when Lambert was in the team, as did Dusty. You know, Lambert was just a fucking gut runner, one of the best runners of the comp. And I think I think with this new engine to the Tigers midfield in Hopper and Taranto, it's going to be a lot more bodies in there, people running around. I reckon Presti can benefit a lot from these players. I apart from the injury cloud, I, I'll be playing Presti a couple you, times tomorrow I'd, night. I'll mentioned. definitely if I'm playing a Richmond mid, I'll definitely lead lean towards Hopper over Prestia. You see, I'm so far off Hopper, it's not even true. Like, I know he's going to get the CBAs, I know he's going to fit the mould of their player well, but he's just not a proven scorer in my eyes. And I just don't, I even, I know it was just a pre-season match, but that's really all the data we've got to go on, but he just, he just... He was he was in a stacked GWS midfield though, man. I know, but like, even the pre-season game this year, like, Look, this could be the ex-girlfriend method working against me here, but he crushed my heart. He was so <laughs> bad. He was so bad. Fall in love again, baby. Yeah, fall in love. <laughs> Remember the fall first six months, the baby. Come back. Fall in love with that data. Yeah. I'm just going to list off, a, just to sort of break this up a bit, I'm going to list off a few players who I'll definitely be avoiding tomorrow night. Yep. Definitely don't pick Kerno. I wouldn't yep. pick Zach Fisher. His break-even's 87 can I think get him as a forward potentially, or maybe just not anymore? It's probably the only reason yeah, I'll just pick forward. him up. You might pick him every <laughs> now and then, but um, I definitely would steer clear. I'd probably steer clear of Sylvania eighty-two as well, to be honest. And then McIntosh is at uh, priced at ninety, which is just seems high for him as well. Um, short at 107. There's so many question marks over his role. I'd probably be avoiding that. What about Bolton? And, would you be yeah, avoiding him? Well, I wouldn't avoid him because he's got yeah, such a high ceiling. He's, 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 he's just one of those guys, man. He could go off. Do you know what I mean? Like, he could kill you if you don't. Yeah, that's the way. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. He's either going 60 or 150. Yeah, he's There's just no got that. He's, he's very talented, man. Like, and that's the thing. Like, if you don't pick him, he'll end up like kicking like two early goals in the first quarter and getting like, a lot of disposals. But, yeah. I'll take a few of them. Guy, a couple of the cheaper guys that we probably haven't touched on enough are Rioli and Motlop. Like, one of them will probably have a yeah, good game. Mm-hmm. Second Rioli, Rioli Second has put on... He's put on a lot of size, Rioli. He, and he's, he's got the like role. He's developed... He's looked like he's developed very well. I've seen, you know, videos of him running around on the track this preseason and stuff. He looks like he's Has put he a bit still of got size the pace? on. He's yeah, uh, yeah. It's he's a Rioli man. Thing like, is though, you know, Elliot, he almost looks like the first option coming out of defence these days. Yeah, like they just want the ball on his hands. I just realised there's two Riolis. I was talking Maurice, about Maurice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you were talking about Maurice. Gotcha. I was talking. Yeah. About... Oh, is that? Oh, I was actually talking about Maurice. <laughs> when you when you were mentioning it, because I was touching oh, so it I'm before. Just a, I'm just the idiot. Oh, you're talking about Daniel. Off. There's a reality off. <laughs> there's a reality. There's, <laughs> there's two of them. Nothing wrong with yeah. having double yeah, realities. Nah, so um, let's be real. Daniel, Dan, Daniel, yeah, Daniel's. Um, he's he. I, I can I've got to commend Dimmer on this, right? Because Daniel last year, no, before last year, two years ago. Daniel Rioli, question marks above his head where he can slot into this team because he was not producing up forward. And then Dimmer Dimmer had one of the most, like, fucking, you know, amazing decisions. I don't know. I I think Dimmer's an amazing coach. I don't know about you guys. But they they threw him back there. 
This it's isn't a Richmond. There. This isn't a Richmond podcast, mate. Come on, no, it's about to be because that 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 move, that coaching move, throwing Daniella down Save the back, is just he say like, he is just a a, a new player. Yeah, it's Jeremy Howlight. He, he fits down. He's not that bad, mate. He fits down well there. He's he is like like Jake was touching on. He they do look to get the ball in his hands coming off half back now, and he he, he does have that ceiling now of a hundred. And I I think Danny Rioli could be a good option. To on Danny now. Rioli, who's our favourite backs? Then we touched on the rocks. We all a bit split on the rocks. Uh, oh, we've spoke. I gotta go. Ba- I gotta go. Baker. We spoke yeah, the midfielders. I, I, yeah, and this is the other thing. With a slate that's hard to pick, I'm just going to run a few game scripts. Like, if it's a game, look, because I don't, I don't rule Colton out here. I mean, I'd love him to have Sammy no, Walsh. me neither, man. I, this is like, um, this is like a showdown between Port and Crows. But, and Port and like, you know, fourth and Crows are 18th exactly. or something. Just Anything can happen. And Carlton, year by year, as we progress, Carlton are getting more and more competitive on this Thursday yeah. night opener. We've been and saying it, that for 15 years. It could go, years. Go, it could go point, We have been saying that for 15 years. And you know why? Because Carlton fans are... Um, uh, well, they, they... They won last year, though, didn't they? That, <laughs> they did win that, last they, year. They they the yeah, but what did they do after that? Did they make finals? Oh, it looked like they were the going that way because I heard a whole lot of chirp from all these Carlton fans. And they're yeah, there's out, there's one so. certain Carlton fan that most of us, all of us in this group know that I we're remember Cosy Pickett sinking. Oh, yeah. That's what I remember. I, I remember Jamie Elliott taking away the first time they uh, were outside the top eight and just happened to be the last round of the season. But anyway, that's for Carlton fans. Um, yeah. If you ever think you're on the Magpies level, just remember who you are. You losers. <laughs> 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 so um. Deck, do you want to run through these game scripts real quick? Okay, so what I'm thinking is Carlton are going to dominate the football. That's the way I see it. If I'm going to play one safe game method, Carlton midfielders, they're going to dominate the football. I'm going to lean towards Richmond backs. They love the Collingwood-style counter-attacking footy, which ironically they invented, uh, but that's uh, Craig McRae did it better. Anyway, um so I'm going to lean towards Richmond back. So I'm going, to, I'm going to play, obviously, a fair bit of Liam Baker. Um, you run the risk with Liam, don't you, Elliot? As you know, you might uh, you might not get him where you want him to be, but um, he can score anywhere, which is a good thing about Liam Baker. He's a bit of a utility. The, the th- yeah, the thing is, the, the bloke just puts all the effort in, and he's got one of the best endurance tanks on on you know on the team, the cop, and he's so brave. He just throws exactly. the ball. He's willing to put his head over the ball. He, he, he'll do his best to, you know, get his hands on the ball. And that's what you want. You want to put trust in your players you're picking. And um, I think I think there's a lot of um, ticks for Liam tomorrow night. Do so. I trust the next girlfriend of mine, Noel Bolter? If he's down that's back at, 10, at 7.7K, he does a lot of things for me. One thing about Noah is Noah is a freak. He, he is such an athlete and he, he I think his development is going to keep improving and improving over the years. And, you know, he reminds me a bit of an Alex Rance when he first came into the competition. He wasn't actually that good of a footballer. And then Alex Rance turned into one of the best defenders of the modern day footy. So we'll get I into that debacle on another episode. He's, I got some, I got some opinions he's, on he's, that. He's got, yeah. Well, he's got, you know, he's got the kit. He's super athletic. He can bomb a ball like 70 metres. He's, he, he's got a great overhead mark. And, you know, at 7.7K, I think, slotting into money. a couple lineups. And we did, and we did, Hizzy. So, forward, yeah. Swinney, who are you liking? 
Who are you liking at forward? We we got well, a few we, here. We've, we've obviously touched on Baker a bit. Obviously, some of obviously Todd, you mentioned Martin, didn't you? Uh, Jack Martin, just for a bit. No, nah, not Martin. Jack Martin. Jack I would, Martin. No. Oh, Jack yeah, Martin. Yeah, yeah. I'd actually just for a bit so of a roughy. We should pro- we should probably say to the listeners here, we're going to try pick a team here that's sort of our optimal team. Winner's already plugged one in that I don't necessarily fully agree with, but we'll get there. Um, I don't know, man. We'll start. I would, We'll st- you're missing. You're missing one very key piece, Wimmy. You haven't got Toronto in that side. We'll start. We'll start fresh. All right, for the boys, for the ladies, yeah. cool. the love fantasy that are degenerates like us. All right. Well, Holland's where are we starting? Like Forwards. Who, who do we want? Who do we start want? Start in the we ruck. Start in the ruck. Let's go. Who, well, who we, are we going? We've got a bit of a split, haven't we? Because I think me and Alex are really. Leading towards Dakota. I reckon you got to go TDK in the rough. Like, just, go just, yeah, it's going gonna, gonna to free up a bit of space. I like Dakota in the rough. Three, three out ways, two. We got Dakota. What else do we have? Down one back. Player, one, player we didn't, pretty... one player we didn't touch on here that you had in the team before, before you cancelled it, was Newman. Yeah. Mm. I, think if Doc, I think if Doc goes into the midfield, Newman <clears throat> is going to be a good option. Mm. Doc's looking at. at I reckon he'll get at least 50%, Doc. Yeah, maybe. What? It'll you, be up what, what there. About, you wouldn't go... I'm just thinking, like, we'll have a look at some of those teams that Wiz was just building then. Like, he had an extra couple hundred left over. Like, no one was going to pick Boston? Nah, no, dude, not the role this year. I don't think I will play some, the role. I'll play some Boston. Uh, what do you mean, just, Jake? Well, I think if Shaw's going like, to push back, to potentially... Nah, Vlostin's going to be that if plus Nova one Volta, Goblin nah, up, Goblin up 12 it. marks a game, bro. Yeah, I can't see it, man. Like, like man. You guys got too many mouths to feed back there. Like, I just got... I don't wrong. mind... Like, I don't know we're going to defend this. I still... I still like Saad, man. I know it might not be the game for him, Ben, but like, he can... He's... Yeah, I suppose he's got to go somewhere a bit lower. But he's, he's a bit overpriced. He is, yeah. I was looking if at you, if, if you want a bit of low ownership, I mean... I don't know where people will lean with the backs. Me personally, I'm going the I'm going the Richmond backs just based on that. I think Carlton over possessed. They'll bomb it forward. And Richmond will probably gather it up. Get Bol- get 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 Bolter in there, mate. Just get yeah. yeah, put, yeah let's, just put Bolter in because then we can probably free up a bit of space. Plug, plug, plug him in. Right. Bolter's Bolter's priced at sixty two. He's gonna crack. All right. Him. Well, let's get Bolter. So yeah. who have we got? So we got Bolter. And we're we're keen on Kennedy Hewitt in the midfield. I think we yeah, can absolutely. all absolutely. And Look, Hollins. And Hollins. I will not sign off on Hopper. What's your thoughts on Blake Blake Akers, boys? I love I Blake Akers just because... I think there's a solid 90 there. I feel like Richmond's the sort of team that will let, allow you to get some cheap yeah. kicks. But I, do you know yeah. what? In this team, I think with you... a bit of money to spare, do we get the Cripper? I think we get Cripper. Get... I think he's done pretty well the last few times. Do we get the Cripper? He, you can't he, go I'm wrong. pretty sure he averaged a ton at the G. Or you got to put Taranto in the And we get Taranto up I'll here, and up we got a little bit to play with. Who? What's that get us? Bolton? Jack. Oh, no, just missed out Bolton. Oh. Do we move Liam Baker forward? Yeah, yeah, move Bakes forward. Bakes forward. That'll give us nine. Get brackets in, mate. Get brackets. Brody. Mitch McGovern. <laughs> Mitch McGovern. <laughs> I want Nathan Broad personally. If we're gonna have to, I actually like Broad. If I'm honest, who you going up forward? Are you gonna go Baker or Baker? Yeah, yeah, you get Baker. Baker out. And what do we got? So what? It's all right to have six forty. So what do we got left there? We got Timmy Taranto up forward with Liam Baker. We've gone blue midfielders. We have got Kennedy, Hewitt, Hollands, Cripps, and then down back you got Noel Bolton, Broad. You know, 
that guy's with the game script. So that's a good that's a good example of a game script there where you think uh, you know a Carton outfit's going to dominate the midfield and the Richmond backs just uh, mopping it up down back. You got six forty left over. You got six forty left over if you want to swap out any players from that, and you got a bit of money to play with. But yeah, that's that's not bad, man. I don't mind that. You want to share fourteen point eight k with us? Uh, join in the fun. It's right there. Cheers for that, boys. Um, so yeah. Thank you for listening in, and we appreciate any support that you give out to us. Um, you can find us at Heels and Fantasy on Twitter. And please, guys, don't forget to gamble responsibly. Cheers, guys. <laughs>